Welcome to Ideas Are Bulletproof, a production of the Press Pause Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Back, actually. Back after two missing weeks. It's good to be back. Old listeners, new listeners. Welcome to our ideas, our bulletproof. We are day 435 of 14 days to flatten the curve. You're here with me, Bradley Smith, and my wonderful and very velvety, dulcet tones of Chris Samuels over there. How can you flatten the curve in... Um, in that amount of time. I mean, that that was the plan, wasn't it? We have to try and get people to at least accept just a just a, a, a momentary lockdown for everyone's safety. And fourteen days was the the applicable and arbitrary amount to do so. But I mean, we knew what was coming with that one. Yeah, we we knew we knew. But um, roll on the the days. I guess. <laughs> the only good thing, actually, we'll start with a. a uh, a heartfelt apology for being away for two episodes. Well, what would have been two episodes worth of uh, of uh, podcasts. Um, we haven't used the time or, or frittered it away, should I say. We've got uh, some new artwork, artwork listed. Um, you heard a very lovely intro there by uh, uh, Glenn Honor, who you can look out for on Facebook, who does all your kind of intro musics, things like that. Um, very kindly mixed and mastered that for us from absolute scratch, and I think he did a fantastic job from absolutely fantastic. What we went before, and of course, it's ours this time. Not that it was never not ours. Not that the the artwork was not entirely done by us. That disclaimer, Your Honor, <laughs> it was all ours. Um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, hopefully, you can obviously see that if you're listening now. You can see that on your display. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for those of you who know, you can you can see what's going on there. And it was yeah, really good to really good working with the guy who did it. Um, it's worth a, a quick actually, not like a plug because it, we're not endorsed by them or anything like that. But you know, if guys are looking for artwork, we had to scope around and ended up using the website Fiverr, which is Fiverr with two R's, where you can literally just look for. Uh, a, a topic or a theme or a scheme or whatever you're doing and you can literally just hire artists over the internet and the the guy we worked with I literally just <laughs> this is probably the most strange thematic description he ever had to deal with you know he had some <laughs> some stuff from a from a barber shop on there and then a sports team and then a, a delivery company and I was like right <laughs> you know man in the Philippines with with very kind of broken English uh, I need an esoteric upside down pyramid with 33 steps in it that presents Freemasonry of a man breaking out of chains and all seeing eye and infected politicians around there with uh, the coronavirus. So <laughs> he probably thought, right. <laughs> I literally said to him, is this something you think you could make happen? And he was like, yeah, no problem. 
and four days later just churned out this wonderful piece of artwork we've got now so <laughs> did you actually say all of that to him i literally and you know what i I even drew him a picture and as soon as i'd sent it and he said yeah okay i'll take the job on i deleted the picture because it was children could have done a better sketch it was so bad i, I don't know how he made what he made from what i sent him but it was significantly better than than what I actually sent over him for him to work with. It's like getting a tattoo, like the the tattooist like does a doodle, and you think oh, that's not going on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then afterwards they just brilliantly like you know they do it really really well, and the shading is just immaculate. And I think wow, like you know what I mean? It's insane, isn't it? Really, really is insane. Um, but yeah, happy to have the new music. Happy to have the new artwork and. Uh, hopefully just be able to deliver a kind of um, re-energise and revamped Ideas of Bulletproof podcast. Um, always a pleasure. It's good to be back. I mean, I'm, I think to, to to give justice and, and not an excuse, but to, to give credence to kind of at least why I had to take the week off on the, the first week after our last podcast. Um, I've been talking to sort of, you know, Chris and, and family. I've had like a family member who's, and you will probably know that person. You've probably all got that person in your life. You've got the friend like it, you know, the the stiff upper jaw, you know, everything's black and white. There's there's no grey, there's no myriad in between there. Who's, you know, if you ever talk about mental health or you talk about struggling or you talk of anything about that, they're just like, nope, crack on, chin up, you know, you, you get on with it. And... Out of nowhere, this person just, you know, just started messaging me and just saying, oh, I'm, I'm waking up every morning crying, I'm falling to pieces, I'm not eating, I'm not drinking, I'm not doing anything. And this is someone I've, you know, this is a family member that I've known for 30 years and just is just not this person. Really, really, really strange. And, I mean, I would sit with him, so I met him after work one day and I sat down and I said, you know, what's going on, what am I missing? What's happened? Uh, and he said, oh, nothing's happened. Like, nothing's going on. I don't know. There, nothing has happened to me. There's been no event. There's been no sadness. There's been no, um, I've, I've found nothing out. You know, it's, it's, I'm just wake up every morning crying for no reason. And of course, anyone who's gone through mental health can say that can happen. But most of the time, there is a, uh, a catalyst for what brings that on. Some kind of traumatic event or grief cycle or loss or whatever the case is. And it just wasn't there for him at all. It was so, so peculiar. Um, and as mentioned so many times, my partner's a nurse, and we sat down and listened to him talk about what was going on, or him try to explain what was happening for him. And we both, and, and again, she's seen it so many times because she works through it on the daily. We both had the same conclusion that this, this is someone who is going through what looks to be the side effects of what seemed to be psychiatric medication. You know, that if you've known anyone that's ever been on antidepressants, they have about anywhere between two to four weeks where they just go absolutely off the rails. And obviously much of the medication warns you about that eventuality before you take it, that because it's adjusting your your serotonin levels, that you're going to have a very, like a roller coaster experience for a little while. And it's in some ways it's the most dangerous point of of jumping on antidepressants because it's it can take you from a, a fairly volatile situation to doing some really horrid things and, and that was our conclusion for both of it that this is someone who is not on any antidepressants who's not taken any drugs who's not done anything is going through an absolute roller coaster of the side effects of 
of of the implication of some kind of again psychiatric drug and given what we've spoke about in the previous episodes um regarding viral shedding the 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 vaccine in people essentially leaking out of the vaccinated and affecting the unvaccinated and it just clicked it really really clicked i mean we we briefly covered chemtrails in this series and if anyone hasn't obviously chemtrails and geoengineering is something to read into when you've got the time but again it seems so much that what i was seeing happen in someone who had been entirely emotionally consistent for the 30 years i've known him was someone who had been had had taken something in had breathed something in had had been spiked with something but there was no reason for it and it's just really really i mean the amount of people i know that have been ill recently has just been staggering and not 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 coronavirus ill you know not the 80 80 asymptomatic we're not sure if we've got it but the test says you have but you actually haven't you know that kind of that kind of ill the the 99.994 percent survival rate kind of ill but the as though they're going through something and this could very well be the cumulative effects of being in lockdown for so long and people just eventually snapping under a i mean we've called it so many times it's it is a a, a military almost like a, a war on the people uh, a psychological experiment so it could have been that the cognitive effects of all of that but everyone i know has suddenly and, and quite acutely been depressed or anxious or not sleeping or no appetite or and and most of us are listless and have no energy and no motivation right now you know there's so many people before this pandemic that were absolute fitness gym bunnies and you, you know that was there that was their persona that was who they were that was how they identified and you see them now and they haven't got the energy to do anything but go to work and then physically be at work and then come home exhausted and rest and rinse and repeat ad infinitum but there's the the life and the spark is left a lot of people and it's either lockdown or we're beginning to see the introduction of something else and um i mean i did say a, a couple of episodes ago, it seems to be inducive with when we opened up again everyone was a little bit so-so but maybe i mean when people were on furlough and obviously a great deal of people on furlough they seem generally happier but as we opened up and maybe it's going back to work maybe it's life returning to some kind of normality that people thought oh do you know what i've really liked being off i enjoyed the time with the family and the the rest and the you know the lack of stress essentially and it's it's just that come crashing back on so abruptly but i'm, I'm definitely not going to rule out that there is some much more sinister motives behind this or, or, or sinister reasons behind it you know as i said about viral shedding or perhaps the chemtrails um but yeah have i mean if you've if you're listening if you've got guys around you that are suddenly you know in the last month let's say month kind of struggling um or suffering or they just seem to be presenting with kind of new and unexplainable symptoms it's worth bearing in mind that this it might not be something that that you can help with or this again if you if you know a lot of people that suffering through it there's something going on cumulatively and i mean imagine there's there's going to be no real way for us all to know outside of anecdotally saying oh i feel dreadful i feel weak i feel lethargic i just don't feel myself but yeah keep that in mind keep that in mind if it's if it's happening to you i know it's happening to me so don't um you know if you're not feeling yourself and you feel the walls somewhat closing in 
don't desperately rack your brain for problems where problems don't exist because it might have absolutely nothing to do with you. It might have nothing to do with anything that's going on in your life. And I know with the family member who had this, he was looking for problems where we felt, and I think he felt none existed. And he was blaming all these different issues. He was going for all these feelings he was going through on his partner and his home life and work and all these different things. But these are things that we know he's not unhappy with. He was just desperately, you know, clutching in the dark, looking for something that would make him feel this horrible way. And it, it, as I said, it's probably nothing to do with anything. But anyway, that's my ramble. I just thought that was, I thought that was interesting. And again, we owe it to you guys because we try and make sure we're here every week. Um, but as we've said so many times, we're literally ordinary people, everyday people who work, you know, 40 plus hours a week and have families that are struggling and friends that are struggling and partners that are struggling and we're all struggling. So we do miss a few and we hope that you forgive us of those grievances when we have them. And we always, it's, it's never, we never miss a podcast and just, I'll, I will just miss it. It's fine. We feel absolutely fine about it. I mean, I, I personally always feel that, that level of responsibility to get on here and, and get this stuff out. And it, it, is, it is upsetting when we have to miss them. So, um, yeah, if you're a regular listener and you've missed us for two weeks, we do sincerely apologise. We'll try and um, we'll try and crack that down in the future. Most definitely apologise on that. So, um, well, it's good that you're back and good that we're back. Good that you're you're all listening out there. Um, and uh, thank you for that as well. So, the the only good thing, I thought, the only silver lining in all that is that we've just got such a wealth of things to talk about. I know for every week, because most of the time when we, you know, when, when things were happening, they were quite short notice. So I did my notes for the last two weeks of stuff to talk about. And I'm sure Chris had some stuff loaded that he wanted to talk about. And um, they've obviously just been left on the back burner um, because we haven't had the chance to speak about them. So we've got some good stuff this week. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, how's... Is there anything that you think you could bring up Chris about just just before we kind of crack into the if sands or butts of the mainstream media and all the stuff we've been seeing this week which I'm avid to discuss any observations you've seen um i think the main one is just just a whole load of face masks surgical masks um zombie fired masks um people continuously driving with their masks on um someone riding a bike this morning when I, when I got out of my ass uh, riding a bike with a with a mask strapped to them i'm thinking and for me that's that's just propaganda um, yeah and you know. S- you know so many public health officials have said and members of parliament have come out and said that people will, even when they, if they were to lift the mask mandate tomorrow and say, right, no more masks indoors, anywhere, whatever, they said people will still be wearing these masks for many Def- years to come yep. because they just cannot shift the, the psychological induced fear that's been pushed on us, on everyone. The one that I don't respect is uh, is seeing parents putting their kids through face masks. Oh, it's gross. It's really gross, especially when there's... There's no legal side to it. And again, if the the children are not statistically not really at risk for this, I mean, it's such a diminutive percentage of kids that actually have it. And a tiny, tiny fractional percentage 
of, of children that have unfortunately died from it. It's essentially an anomaly, statistical anomaly at the levels. And that was so much of the argument for, for taking the, the face mask off of school children. But lo and behold, obviously, the government's, no, well, well, the thing is that the kids don't suffer from it, but then they carry it back to the grandparents. But the grandparents have been vaccinated now. You know, we have vaccinated a, a vast majority of the people in this country. So why does it matter if they bring it back? Does, does the vaccine not work? You know, there's, isn't it funny for something that they've got so much faith in that we all have to be vaccinated with, and we have to have two doses with, and we cannot return to normal without taking this vaccine? They don't seem very certain of it. They don't seem very sure of it. Yeah. <laughs> there's always conf- Not that we're al- surprised. I mean, there's always conflicting stories that will that will arise. Um, one one week, uh, Matt Cock was saying um, <laughs> he was saying that uh, two two jabs, people can still die from two jabs. I know he, he I f- I'm sure he made a mistake as well. I can't remember what the mistake was. I had it. Um, he made a mistake on air. He said something. Uh, it will come back to me. He yeah. did a Freudian slip not too long ago where he said people are dying from the vaccination he went to say virus obviously yes but he said, yes uh, yes that's the one that is the one i saw that one um and then you've got this whole thing of now the 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 jab um cures the new variant i saw a headline saying it so which one is it yeah and, and you know that's such a good point because it's they're like oh we've got to worry about the indian variant the Indian, the Indian variant was always going to come up tonight, and we'll, I've got some good bits on the old Indian variant. Um, but they're saying, "Oh, don't worry, because the, the as far as we can tell, the the current vaccines will fix the Indian variant as well." So why are we worrying about it? Why are we literally worrying about it? Of course, I mean, I, I'm sure we said a couple of podcasts ago uh, that that what they would do is they would... And it's if you think about it, it's exactly the same as what we saw last year. The timescales are ever so slightly different, but it's the same thing. You know, we, we were told that the coronavirus was around back in, you know, February, March time. We locked down in March. They locked us down for several months and we came out of lockdown effectively for what was the summer, more or less. Um, and then obviously it was it rose and went mad again during the kind of coming into the winter months and then we locked again over Christmas and we've done the same this year we've basically locked down for the first part of the year then we've been let out and Boris the whole time was obviously as we mentioned before was saying this lockdown that we've we've just done we've just come out of that was the very last lockdown which I just find incredulous because the man that says we're not doing dates it's about data and not dates how do you know, though? How do you know that this will be the last lockdown? I mean, if you're so sure the vaccines are curing things, you can say that because the vaccines are here now and so many people have had the vaccines. We know this will be factually the very last lockdown because the vaccinated are now vaccinated and we, they can't be infected, so it's, it's impossible. But yet they still keep using the fear treatment. Oh, if you keep, if you don't social distance, if you don't do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, it will explode again, and we'll have more. It will have a worse third wave than the other two waves. It's like how, you know, if fifty percent of the population of the UK is now immune, how can we ever go back to the apparent spikes that we had in April last year and all the other times? It's it's just 
you, you cannot read anything more to that than they don't believe in the vaccine. And if they don't believe in the vaccine, why do you believe in the vaccine? That's the that's question everyone needs to ask themselves, especially now when we're coming to the point when they're, they're starting to do trials on children now. Sick. Yeah. I saw a video. I think I saw it today. Um, I can't remember where it was. I think it's in America where they're doing um, 12-year-olds vaccinating 12 year olds and uh, there was a big protest um, outside parents were got raging with the police and the police were just standing there doing nothing I mean at least there was a protest it, it, it being in the UK feels like one of the very worst European countries or not European anymore Brexit to, to be going through this because we are so whelped in all of this no one seems to care in this country. We're, we're very docile. And I would have thought that England would have been one of the countries to really stand up to this and really fight this. And we're just not. We're, we're laying down and we're letting it happen. And it's, it's, it's such a shame. It is really a shame because we should be, you know, we're pioneers. If you think of our, our part in the Second World War, you know, and the, Brits, the Blitz spirit and, and basically this kind of this notion of, you know, almost uh, rebellion and, and anarchy and kind of almost anti-government rhetoric that's been woven into our kind of society for a long time. Obviously, we had Guy Fawkes, you know. A lot of that should be present and there should be uprising. And to the defence, we've seen some absolutely fantastic turns out in London for the protests and the marches. So much so that the police are literally just... Uh, I won't say hands-off because they're never hands-off because they're cowards. And they'll pick from the very, very edges of the protest and they'll pick the women and the, the elderly, the ones they can easily take down in a group of 10 or 15. But they are basically castrated and ineffectual against a much larger movement of the protest anymore. They just follow next to it and hope that their presence will inspire some kind of i mean no one goes out there to cause trouble and no one goes out there to hurt anyone bar the very 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 few idiots uh, and that's been demonstrated so many times but um yeah that's that's it's, it's it's good that's the only part we're seeing and again so many of them are just belittled and chastised in the comments of the daily mail and the guardian you know oh the, these covid idiots they're causing it they'll go straight you know They'll go straight to the NHS when they get infected. I don't think there's actually been a... Uh, there has been no statistical rise in cases from any protests, even those protests that have amassed hundreds of thousands. There's never been a documented rise in cases afterwards. It's curious, isn't it? Unreal. Makes you laugh. You would think, you know, as I said, hundreds of thousands of people coming together, rubbing shoulders without wearing masks, unvaccinated, would just be a... An absolute hive of um, of infections, but alas, yeah. I mean, it's running wild in, in Colombia at the moment, um, as in protests and riots and that. But the, I don't think the ratings have gone up. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> you have to have to kind of. It's become the age of never mind. Do you know what I mean? There's 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 a moments in life that just don't make sense, and you just go ah, oh, oh well, and you just crack on because you can't really change them, and they don't really make much sense, and you wouldn't really know where to begin if you could. 
uh, and it's become it has become the age of that of the 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 sigh of the exasperated sigh, where there's just nothing else to be said. <sighs> there it is. We need to sound bite it. <laughs> I think it's worth, as I said, we've got so much to get into. So uh, I think it's worth just really jumping straight into it. And what a wonderful place to jump into. So I've got two headlines from this week, and both are from the Telegraph. And I thought I'd capture them both because one. Uh, compliments the other so the second compliments the first very well so this is from today death rates in England uh, lowest since records began and the reason the second article compliments that so well is because I, I hear you already well lowest since they started recording coronavirus cases you know the deaths are the lowest since then deaths are now 20% below the five year average in England as scientists say, it has never been safer to be out and about. I mean, this must be the first pandemic in history where less people have died. So, you know, again, factor that in. Less people died this year and last people died uh, last year than have died in the last five years of mortality recordings. And, you know, that popped up really early as well. Because people were saying, when they were talking about the excess deaths, you know, they said, oh, there's been 60,000 excess deaths in, in, in the UK and there's been so many thousands of deaths in uh, care homes and, and God knows what this. And people were going, well, it isn't impacting overall mortality. So if these people are, you know, when you're dying from a heart attack or you're dying from cancer or you're dying from numerous other ailments that will kill you, and then you introduce a deadly pandemic on top of that, you see, obviously, more people dying. You don't see less people dying. The people that die from cancer still die from cancer. And more healthy people and people that would have otherwise survived are dying, apparently, from coronavirus. But there was no impact whatsoever on mortality. And country after European country flagged this up in the early days. And no one really seemed interested in it at all. It was kind of... Oh, let's just bury it under 50,000 more cases, 100,000 more cases. And that was it. So there you go. If someone says, oh, we're going through a pandemic, sort yourself out, Where put your mask on. You go, well, <laughs> a genuine pandemic, we'd have uh, many, many excess deaths. And I think that's been the case in, you know, every time in, in history. When we had the, the 1918 Spanish flu, there were the rise in mortality was present. And when we had um, uh, swine flu, again, mortality rose up. And when we've gone through any epidemic or pandemic, not too many pandemics, when we go through any epidemics, mortality has risen. There's been a recorded spike in deaths, as you would expect to be. But lo and behold, we're 20%. And that's quite a figure. It's, you know, it's not a, we're 2% below the five-year average. That's still saying something. It's still telling us that people are not dying as a saying are. But we're 20%. We're one-fifth less deaths this year than when records started, you know, than, than five years ago. That's propaganda at its very, very best. But you, you, I mean, if you wouldn't know that, would you? If you if you held a microphone to, to general members of the public and said to them, how, if you had to put a percentage on it, how many more people do you think have died this year or, or since coronavirus has been round than, than die on a regular... Yeah, in the past five years, they would have gone all 
20%, more people have died than would have died previously. I don't think they believe you if you said, no, 20% less people have died since coronavirus came about. And I can, you know, I can already hear the reverberations in the genuine COVID idiot's mind. Oh, it's because we were social distancing and because we were wearing masks and sanitizing our hands. You know, they, they weren't dying of flu. Why was coronavirus still spreading then? You know, we've had the common cold influenza for as as time innumerable before man essentially and we've never stopped that but somehow we managed to completely defeat flu but coronavirus kept spreading coronavirus kept going despite them having basically the same infection rate really really makes you laugh ah so let's move on then to the next great strain, because obviously if they're saying that we're 20% below the deaths and we're coming out of lockdown, is it June 1st, June 21st, June 15th? Yeah, I lose 21st. 21st. I just lose track of these. These uh, these days mean nothing to me because when they say, oh, as of June 21st, you can hug your family again and you can, you can meet in clusters of more than six, uh, it, nothing means nothing. It's irrelevant information to me because I've been doing that the entire time. You know, just in my day-to-day job, I meet dozens and dozens of people. And I haven't worn a mask through the entire thing. My friends and family haven't worn a mask through the entire thing. Right now, the three of us are sitting, as we have sat so many times over the past six months, within about six feet of one another. None of us wearing masks and none of us could care less if they put any physical effort into caring less. And none of us have had COVID. None of our relatives have had COVID. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Again, I, I handle um, handle people's money, shake hands every day, you know, liaise with people mere inches away from me. People who have no, people who long before social distancing was a thing you know had who, no prospect of social distancing. Do you know who you sound like? I don't know. You sounded like Boris before he got COVID. Is it? Yeah, oh. You know, shaking hands and that. Maybe I'll, say, I'll shake up, shake <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it then. Maybe I'm gonna, I'll get rushed in and I'll make a, a, a last ditch effort of survival. Yeah. You never know. But of course, as we said many, many podcasts ago, they're gonna let you out. They're gonna let the prisoners out of the pen because they have to. They. This is the obviously the 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 great illusion is that they control us through force and they don't control us through force they control us through compliance anytime we choose to say no collectively unanimously this would stop but we obviously we don't do that we, we we're all too segregated and divided to come together and uh obviously we've seen so much on you know race relations and sex relations and you know gay straight transgender black white you know the the last year or, or you know, coming on to a year and a half now with COVID, has been an absolute pinnacle for these kind of events as well. You know, at a time when we really should be coming together more than ever, they've done more than they've ever done to push us apart. And that's because they know what a threat we are. They really do. But we said many episodes ago that they would let the prisoners out of the cell and then they would come up with a new variant or a new strain or a new reason to lock us down because the damage is, is, is frankly not done yet. You know, they've compared it to the uh, 
to the the, the two thousand eight economic crash, and then it went back to the uh, you know the Great Depression, and then we we've circumvented the Great Frost now, and we're going even further back to this to to obviously be the worst economic catastrophe in records by design it makes you it's interesting isn't it when the 2008 financial collapse happened it was blamed on the bankers and you could see how kind of insider trading and playing fast and loose with our finances resulted in that it resulted in the complete you know crunch of 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 economics and we knew there was a there there was a a certain group at fault then that we could point the finger to and say these are the guys that did it and this is 10 times worse than that more and will get worse still but we think it's just organic we think this just happened obviously in a in a in a genuine pandemic the government would do all they can possibly do to salvage the economy you know that that's the thing. the country cannot collapse <laughs> for something for 99.994% survival, it can't collapse because this is our country, this is our well-being, these are our lives, it cannot collapse. We have to do what we can to do it and they've done the complete opposite of that. And now when there is a glimmer of hope, for the at least for the gullible anyway, the Indian variant has popped up and that's all we're hearing now. That's literally all we're hearing. And as I said, over a couple of episodes, we went over the um, the clips that were circulating on Sky News and BBC News and uh, all these various mainstream um, news YouTube channels and social media pages of the, the, the poor mother in the, the um, purple dress, you know, falling down on the sidewalk in India and the, the, the heartbroken daughter performing CPR on top of her trying to revive her and them saying look at people dropping dead in the streets from covid very very reminiscent of china and then it turned out that that was footage from a, a gas leak from several years ago that they just used and said oh look what covid is doing and um again that that was i'm surprised people don't see the patterns that's what really gets me i don't resent anyone for a second for kind of being captivated or betwixt with what happened because even in the beginning when this when this very first happened i was i would say i was swindled by it to some degree you know there were all these videos that were leaking online from china of these people that were trying to reach out to the world it seemed and say look something is happening over here pay attention like they're trying to censor us and the way we think obviously we were seeing those videos and thinking wow something is happening over there and they're trying to to, to, to hide it from us that you know the CCP is trying to stop that from getting out and then we see the videos of people collapsing and thinking wow this is this is something here and this was in a time where people weren't really interested it was just another it was another doom and gloom story on the news but it just quickly became apparent that it wasn't that it was when the when the mainstream took it up and saying look at all these videos just leaking out of China just leaking out of the, the great firewall and we're picking them up, you know. We're doing the service. As soon as a you you can rest assured, as soon as the Western mainstream media gets hold of anything, it's not a genuine conspiracy. They said the same about uh, Dominic Cummings last week. Said that he had um, he had a document, an explosive document, that explained exactly why the prime minister had kind of 
decided to leave the lockdowns running so long and turn to them. And this was some document that had never been seen, had never been unearthed before, and it was it was going to be a scandal, it was going to blow the lid off of things, why Boris had to do what he had to do. That's not genuine, because the media doesn't print genuine I won't even call them conspiracy theories, but that's you know they don't they don't report the truth. They re- if there's a conspiracy or there's a scandal, it's a genuine, it's a it's a false flag. It's something they want you to know and they want to intrigue you with the mystery. But it's not real. Of course, it's not real. Do you think Dominic Cummings had this this great secret, this revelation that he had to share, and then he went straight to the the mainstream press of it, which is controlled. And has a very vast history of stopping whistleblowers and such from speaking out. Do you think he really? They said, "Oh, Dominic Cummings is going to blow the. He's going to make us all look stupid, or he's going to he's going to do something that's going to really break down the 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 allure of a credibility that we've had all this time." Of course, he didn't. This was orchestrated, like everything else is, where they go, "Oh, let's let's say there's a big scale. and let's say that." Boris knew something that none of us knew, and that's why he had to lock us down. Boris didn't want to do this to us. Boris wanted us to go out. Boris wanted us to go back in the pub. Boris wanted to go back to Greg's. Did you see the video where he was interviewed about Greg's? No, no. He was on LBC and they said, oh, you say you go to Greg's all the time, Boris. And he's like, I do, I love Greg's. Greg's is my thing, you know, I'm, I'm the Greg's guy. And they're like, well, what's your favourite thing? And he's like, well, sausage roll. And they're like, how much does a sausage roll cost? And you've never seen a man look more uncomfortable. He was like, oh, oh, I don't know, well, £1.90, I suppose. And they were like, no, they're a pound, Boris. You apparently buy these, you know, several times a week. And it was such a, it was such a, a terrible attempt to, you know, I, I'm one of you, I'm, I'm common as well. It's like, Boris, come on, Boris. You're, you're not one of the people. Your pedigree and your people are not our people. You know, you don't... Uh, you didn't all go to your private school, your Oxford school, when you're one of us. Not at all. Good old Joris Bonson. Good old Joris. So, yeah, so obviously the Indian variant is the, the great fear, and I've got some some good little nuggets regarding the Indian variant. That um, I mean, this one is, is something that I want to kind of highlight, first of all, because in the beginning, when the, and, and even now, there has been no evidence to say that the Indian variant is any more transmissible, any more lethal than the current variants that are circulating in this country. There's no evidence for that. They're just taking video clips and, and images from India and saying, oh, well, look how many people are dying in India. And you can't take a country that is vastly, vastly overpopulated, that has really poor healthcare, really poor sanitation, just a really poor quality of living, um, and then say, oh, they, look how badly they're doing. Someone actually did the numbers, and per population size uh, and the, the, the spatial of, of, of our country, they were saying that more people died here in the first wave than are dying in India right now. So it's not comparable at all. And even if you look at our first wave, our first wave was largely propped up by false PCR testing in the, the, the very second episode we actually did. Um, we're not saying the V word, which is still probably one of our crowning episodes, I think, just because we were quite at the forefront of when not a lot of people were reporting what was going on with the PCR test, or they, you know, you could find a, bit, a video on BitChute that would give you a little talk about it, and then maybe a video from YouTube of a doctor saying a little bit about it, and then some things from Facebook saying a little... It was one of the great episodes where we managed to bring everything in a really concise 
um, and palatable format where you just got all the information in one place. So it's really, really not comparable at all, even if you believe it. And that's that. This is hoping that you haven't seen the videos that I think Chris has seen, and I've certainly seen, and perhaps you have as well, of the uh, the men um, lying in the uh, the black bin liners that were meant to be the bodies of all the the COVID patients. Yeah, and and that. and you know the people in them, the dead, the dead, the sadly departed covid patients popping their head out the top to have a cigarette you know a quick cigarette while the uh while the break is going on before the the shooting starts it's crazy it's crazy i mean it's absolutely crazy it's i mean perfect. yeah i mean I, I i can't i really can't understand how a very poor country and a very poor people could perhaps be influenced to do something by a, a very large sum of western money i, I can't no, they wouldn't. That kind of thing wouldn't happen over there. That level of what life changing money. Yeah, I mean the, these people are honourable, aren't they? they? It's not. I mean they they can barely afford to eat most days and have to work ludicrous hours. And you know they they could each be paid a very very handsome sum that would carry them through perhaps even years of hardship for just laying in a bag and getting a picture taken of. Is life changing money, man? Like you know, like that's life changing money. that will change your life exactly you know and again these these people there's a a very famous quote um that was said in uh, by one of the the rich elite in the the film uh, gangs of new york if you've ever seen that where the politician muses openly that you can always pay one half of the poor to kill the other and the premise stands whether it's through the physical assault or whether it's by carrying that mainstream narrative and, and firing it out to the world there, you can always pay poor people, people who are in the worst stages of life to do something that will inevitably lead to the suppression of their own people, their own country, if it means they can feed themselves. And, you know, such is the failings of capitalism, I guess, but there we are. But anyway, so with the Indian variant, obviously, without being able to prove that it was definitively more contagious or more deadly than the other one, they had to have a, uh, they had to have a, what do you call it, a niche? They had to have a, a something to come at you with to say, oh, well, I know we haven't said it's more dangerous. I know we haven't said any of this, but there is something. Uh, this from Sky News, mucormycosis the mysterious black fungus that's maiming COVID patients in India. Uh, This is an extract from it. The black fungus, which has a mortality rate of up to 50%, may be triggered by the use of steroids, a life-saving treatment being used to treat clinically ill COVID patients. Treatment for this deadly fungus costs... Guess how much it costs in pounds, Chris? How much? It's only 33 pounds. Only 33 (laughs) No, surely not. Of course, it's only thirty-three pounds. Not thirty-three. No, the same thirty-three. The same thirty-three degrees of Freemason. Not thirty-three. Thirty-three. That doubles thirty-three. That's on the door of the McDonald's advert. Yeah, that same one. Yeah, the same club thirty-three at uh, Walt Disney, the exclusive gentlemen's only club that has one hundred and fifty thousand a year membership. No way. That same 33 that they announced um, all the cases. 
all around the world. Yep, yep. The same 33. The 33% of people that uh, died on ventilators, the 33, 33, 33. Wow. Just all of them. It's a lot of 33s. It's a lot of 33s. Coincidence. But you'd think, you know, they're, they're going on about this, this absolutely deadly fungus now, which is just, uh, apparently it's come to some kind of flesh-eating fungus which just eats the the nose, the face, the limbs of these people that are suffering from it. And they're not really sure where it's come from. They said it's, that, that, that when I was reading earlier, it's theorised that because steroids suppress the immune system, it allows this fungus to grow. But it's not happening in this country when people use steroids for treatment. It's only happening in India. So it could be, again, a com- if, if that's the case, it's not at all relatable to where we are right now because that would just be a testament, again, to what I mentioned before about the poor quality of healthcare and the general unhygienic and unsanitary conditions in which, unfortunately, a lot of those people live their life. Um, but, you know, for only £33, they could fix this. And you think if it was such a problem, you know, we're so concerned about the Indian people and the Indian variant that we'll plaster them all over our news and make such a massive, 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 you know, scandal of it. It's, it's, we're trying to raise publicity, but we're not doing anything to, to help the guys out over there at all. You know, no no £33 in anyone's pocket. Of all the numbers. Of all the numbers. And it is key to mention as well, there's a lot of rumours, probably a bit more than rumours, this says. There's a lot of evidence that says the vast majority of the cases of the 1918 Spanish flu outbreak were actually bacterial infections from wearing masks that were made the only other time in history that it seems people were en masse forced to wear masks. And there is some research regarding, again, that it was a bacterial infection rise and that, that, that bacteria is what ended up killing a lot of people. So that might be worth a, a little read. But there you go. I mean, obviously, as I said, for us over here, they want us to, to read that article and go, God, well, this Indian variant's come over here now and this flesh-eating fungus is going to come with it. And I better get my vaccine now because it's only affecting the uh, the COVID patients. I find it funny. They're probably doing the vaccines over there. I imagine there's some kind of vaccination program over there. Uh, and it's probably the case that when you take the vaccine, it... it, it suppresses your immune system perhaps temporarily perhaps longer and then a lot of these people are obviously then getting this uh, mucormycosis but there you go um here's another one obviously still related to the indian variant i've got a lot of good indian variant stuff but it's all going to lead up to something that you'll i think you'll find quite interesting chris guess how many cases the uk now has of the indian variant is it millions? It's not millions. It's uh, this right, from... 33,000. Oh, it's, it's close. Uh, the Independent. The UK now has 2,333 confirmed cases of the Indian variant. And the possibility Wait, 2, of... 2,000? Uh, three... Let me... I'm just going to check my check my notes here. Uh, 2,333. 2,333. 33. And, okay, uh, here we go again. Hopefully the fungus doesn't come and infect those 2,333 patients because then we'll have to pay £33 per patient to cure the fungus. Of all the numbers. That's a coincidence. Is it? Um, of the Indian event. And the possibility of new local lockdowns has been floated 
in response to its threads. So they're, they're telling you, obviously, as we've said so many times, they will let the inmates out of the prison the same reason they let inmates out of the prison. It's not for concern for the inmates. It's because if you give people their hour of fresh air every day or their couple of months or weeks every year, they'll stay docile. And, and for the vast majority of people, they'll stay manageable and controllable as long as they get the, the the very minimum of sunlight and the very minimum of social contact and normality. Um, relating to that, Johnson, uh, Johnson must think again on plans to relax the COVID rules from The Guardian. Uh, top advisor warns of Indian variant impact as scientists urge delay in lockdown changes. I mean, he said it was going to be the last lockdown. He did say that. He did. Uh, but of course... If a new variant comes along and, and it forces his hand... No, it shouldn't force his hand. He said that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should hold him to it. I think we should say, no, Boris. Joris. Jo- no, Joris. You said it was the last one. <laughs> you promised me, and you are an admirable and loyal individual, Joris. You don't lie. Mr. Bonson. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish he'd change his name. I think part of the, the Nuremberg 2 trial against him and the rest of the Freemasonic Luciferian elite should be having their names swapped, first of all. I mean, they like doing everything backwards. So Matcock should be there. Joris should be there. Definitely. Old Gates Bill. <laughs> yeah, they should have all their names reversed. That would do a good... Uh... Gil Bates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I, you know what? Part of me wants to attempt Klaus Schwab, but I, I don't. Good, good luck. I think that would be too too difficult. I think he'd go from being a German megalomaniac to a Chinese one of some. <laughs> Just in case, old uh, Xi Jinping is listening because I know he is. Easy. He still looks like Winnie. Whatever happens with him, he's always going to be Winnie the Pooh. We love you, G. You're the, you're the guy. Uh, so this was what I found really interesting. We mentioned um, a couple of podcasts ago about the, the the wonder of climate change. Greta Thunberg accidentally leaking a document, a Google, a live Google Drive document online, talking about um, intentionally raising riots in India, raising protests in India, fake protests. Um, giving all this this professionally made artwork out to people in India and in an attempt to destabilise the government. Uh, and, and all this pack was there. It told you what times certain celebrities were going to be tweeting. So you had, you know, Rihanna tweeting at certain times, Bieber tweeting at certain times, with anti-Indian government sentiment. And and even though this this document was found, the idiot still went ahead and still tweeted at the exact times and dates that were listed in the document. Uh, and it goes to show that, that Greta herself, as has been theorised for the longest time, is not this virtuous, you know, virtuoso, independent spirit who's just, you know, just a genius and just really, you know, the how dare you in front of the... I think there's a European Union or United Nations or whatever it was saying we stole her childhood. She's just a puppet, a puppet with a with a young. She, I think she's 18 years old now, but apparently they intentionally dress her down, um, don't make her wear makeup, not do her hair properly, you know, to 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 get across that she's still youthful and still young. Um, 
to present again that that kind of image. But with that, there there seems to be a, a kind of coordinated attack on India, and we did theorize, you know, several episodes ago that we weren't hundred percent sure why that was happening. I think a lot of it is India seems to be very very vocal about China's technological invasion of their their country and not just their country but obviously all countries how they're data mining and, and India has been one of the only countries to be brave enough to stand up to companies you know Chinese monoliths like Tencent and say no you're not using junk like TikTok in our country to visually face map and voice map our citizens and then use that for whatever nefarious purposes you go to and they banned so many different Chinese uh, developers, manufacturers, all these different guys, these software architects that appear to have ulterior motives and fair play to them. And unfortunately, in doing so, they seem to have made themselves a bit of a target. And of course, the Indian variant, many Indian journalists have come out and said the UK is far more concerned with the Indian variant than anyone is in India. You know, they, we don't care over here. And there's been people that are taking videos on, on streets uh, and town centres going, you know, I'm here in the middle of Mumbai where apparently it's meant to be the worst, some of the worst cases you hear about, and life is completely normal here. What what you're reading on the Western news is not what is happening over here. What you're seeing is not happening over here. And, um, yeah, we, 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 you know, I'd say on this podcast, until we get some further evidence, I think we're very thoroughly behind India on this because they seem to be the only guys with a backbone to willing to stand up to China and it, of course it's uh, it's bedfellow bedfellow but also foe enemy the United States you know they're one and the same um, but this is from the Daily Expose the mainstream media are lying to you India's government confirms the Indian variant does not exist um, here's some extracts the World Health Organization has not associated the term Indian variant with the variant B point one point six one seven which is the current variant that has now been classified as a variant of concern, the one they're calling the Indian variant. Um, India's government have sent an immediate cease and desist to all social media companies and mainstream press, demanding that they immediately remove all content that names, refers to, or implies Indian variant of coronavirus from their platforms immediately. So, <laughs> oh, Wow. Fair play to India, saying there is no evidence of this come from India. There's no evidence it's got any relation to India. The World Health Organization, which has tracked all the individuals in individual variants from the start, has never once said that this has anything to do with India. There's no evidence it's got it's, it's nothing at all. And yet you keep calling it the India variant. On every social media, you keep calling it the Indian variant. You keep taking videos and pictures and saying our citizens are being burnt on great cremation pyres and saying oh it's because of the indian variant but the indian variant is not a thing it could be the japanese variant or the mexican variant or the aztec variant or any variant the joris variant but they decided to say oh it's uh it's the indian variant when there's no evidence for that and uh you know fair play to india and their, their government for putting that challenge that formal challenge they, they, they're awesome. I mean, when, when the Greta Thunberg live document leaked, they proceeded with a conspiracy a, a conspiracy to commit sort of mass 
global fraud against the uh, in Indian people and Indian government. So that's going through the courts right now. And I'm sure, you know, if you suddenly start noticing that we're not hearing too much about the Indian variant going forwards, you'll know why now. Because India has sent a, a warning, a very clear and concise threat to the West. Stop saying the Indian variant is killing people. Stop saying you're inundated with the Indian variant because it is not an Indian variant. It's nothing to do with India. It's nothing to do with it whatsoever. Good, good, good on them. Really, really good on them. Um, I also wanted actually, just why I remember, because I'll go past it, I wanted to jump maybe one one or two steps back, actually. So just when I was mentioning the um, the black fungus, mucomycosis, which is maiming those in India, and, and where we're around the point of kind of what seems to be right now a very coordinated attack by the West to take down India... I started thinking to myself, do you know what? What if, and this this is a crazy hunch right here, just off the off the cuff. What if this new black mold, this black fungus, is is rising over there because some kind of introduction from Western powers? That would be a really good tool to kind of you know destabilize. If you've got COVID out there, but then anyone who gets COVID is always susceptible to this this black fungus with a 50% fatality rate and a £33 treatment option that they just can't afford, apparently. You could kill dozens and hundreds of thousands of people more than would just die from COVID. And it seems like a great destabilisation tool because you can kind of, you can go, oh, well, if we fight the COVID, they then get the mucomycosis. And that's even worse. So we do we leave the COVID and let the COVID rip through? Or do we fight it and then can't fight the mucomycosis, whatever the case is? But it was worth dwelling on just a little bit um, of a tiny bit of the when people are thinking, look, there's no way that the Western, and let's be honest, particularly the United States government, would do anything like that. Not to people of another nation. Let, you know, They wouldn't do it to people of their own country, and they definitely wouldn't do it to people of another country where they could be found out. And it only took a literally about a two-minute Google to find just a couple of examples of some other things that I had never heard about. Obviously, we've mentioned before MKUltra, where the United States government for nearly a decade were taking their own citizens and they were dropping LSD over city centres and not telling anyone it was happening. Uh, they were doing all these experiments, secret experiments, illegal experiments on children and women and, and men they had men going to um brothels with prostitutes and the prostitutes would then give the men lsd at a time when they didn't know what lsd really did and these men were then locked in these rooms alone to essentially go insane for six straight hours so i had to had to have a little look and just thought well let's imagine that america right now as part of its grand plan to kind of you know, destabilise India. Have they ever done any other kind of projects that, that might might give some credence to that idea? And here's just a couple. And again, only a couple. There's There's been many more. And you have to think, for every one experiment, for every one operation that gets found out, there's 10, 20, 50 more that go completely secret. And what you'll notice as well is since basically the start of an organised military uh, and documentation, paperwork... 
people have been doing stuff for years and years and years and years. You know, there's always been secrets. There's always been black projects. There's always been holes and and just money just going into miscellaneous nothings. You know, funds. And up until let's say the the eighties and into the nineties, suddenly they just stopped happening. And I have to ask people if you're listening to this, and after you know, consider this again after I've read some of these things out. Do you really, really think they stopped? Do you really think they suddenly, the government that have been doing this stuff since long before the First World War, suddenly grew a conscience and decided to stop? Or do you think they just got better at hiding it? Anyway. Um, Operation Sea Spray from the 1950s. Um, the US Army released six different biological agents, including chemicals, funguses and mold over San Francisco to test the effects of biological warfare on unknowing populations. Um, many people were infected, many people died from that, and there was one gentleman who was quite famous. Um, I didn't take the name down, um, but he was a he was almost the, the death that blew the lid of it because people started investigating why he died from a very rare and unusual fungus or mold infection that you just wouldn't have got through natural means, very similar to what they are in India. And it was through that that the lid was blown off on the fact that, the again, the US government was testing biological weapons on people in San Francisco. No, no, no notion of it whatsoever, just releasing these pathogens out and saying, oh, well, people die, they die. If children die, they die. This is what it is. Gross. Um... The Wilbrook experiments, these ran from 1956 to 1970s. So you've got 14 straight years of this. The US government, so not the army, the US government themselves, you know, the, 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 the government that runs a country and writes a constitution and, you know, creates the laws, the government. This is always, I find, quite key to express that this isn't a, a little offshoot of the government. These aren't some rogue characters. These are often experiments that use millions and millions of dollars of funding and require the knowledge and involvement of sometimes thousands of individuals across many different agencies. So they're not rogue agents that just have access to this stuff and like doing it. They're, they're, they are projects funded by the government. Uh, Wilbrook experiment. The US government tested experimental drug cocktails on hundreds of mentally handicapped children from the Wilbrook State School. Um, many of them died. And... Uh, so there, you know, I, I probably hear you if you've heard the dates I said there. I said, oh, 1950, and I said, oh, 1956. A really, really common thing we get is, oh, but it, things were different back then, you know. They, they, could, they could get away with stuff then, and, uh, you know, it was around about the same time of the Cold War and all this kind of stuff, and people will make myriad of excuses for these, you know, these governments of theirs and say, oh, it doesn't happen anymore. They <laughs> grew a conscience somehow. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, probably somewhere, you know. It wouldn't surprise me if it was started in 1933, but there you go. Um, this one, really, really pay attention to this one and do some research on it yourself because uh, I didn't know about this one and I didn't hear about this one and I couldn't find this one on Google. So I searched about five or six different terms and nothing came up on Google about any of this. I had to swap over to DuckDuckGo and then put in the same terms before I found these lists of these happening but they weren't showing up on google um but that's just a coincidence i'm sure it's a massive coincidence it's always it's lots of them but mm -hmm. it's, it's not the matrix um so 
the measles vaccine experiment from the 1990s, listen to this, um, conducted by the US CDC, the Centre for Disease Control, thousands of third world babies were injected with a vaccine to test if the vaccine could replace natural antibodies in humans. Many of these babies died, and many of them died uh, up to three years after the vaccinations and didn't present any symptoms until they died. Uh, and the experiments, because of these deaths three years after, were finally investigated and stopped. Um, the CDC then admitted that the children were being injected with an experimental new vaccine that had not been approved by the FDA. And it makes you laugh, isn't it? Because right now, millions of people worldwide are being injected with an experimental new vaccine that has not been approved by the FDA. Yep. You said it, the FDA have not approved any. Yeah, the manufacturers are obviously complete uh, complete legal indemnity. So there is no, whether you, whether 100 million people die tomorrow, nothing happens. You know, the government can do an inquest, but legally, by the letter of the law, by the contract that these manufacturers put in place before they agreed to, to, to make these coronavirus vaccines, nothing can go against them. You can hate them all you want and not trust them all you want. And, you know, maybe they'll find them or something like that, but it does nothing. I think Pfizer is one of the most fined companies in the history of companies. They have got basically dozens and dozens of settlements every single year. Someone listed them in a video, which was really interesting. I could not believe the sheer amount of um, the sheer amount of things they've done, and they're all criminal negligence, lying about data. Um, no, uh, what would you call them? Um, the word is evaded me. No, uh, when you tell someone what they're getting into before they get into it, no liability. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah, um, and they've they've been find what is affected cumulatively about billions of dollars and it, it makes nothing it means it means no different to them i think as of july the agreement was that the manufacturers would not take a profit for around about a year from when the short-term trial started and as of as of july the uh the trial the what would you call it there let's call it a financial ceasefire where you just don't take the money from them you cannot profit from the vaccines um that ends and they can then make a full profit going forward from every single vaccine that they they push so they're not only now indemnity the, the indemnity is still present and will be present for the entire lifespan of these vaccines that isn't up to 2023 when the the long-term trials finish but going forward, there will always be legal indemnity from it, and they can start turning a profit. So they can just kick out a poison that... And, I mean, how many people... If you've known people that have had the vaccine, and I have, and Chris has, and you guys listening at home have, how many people have said this to you, and how many times have you heard this? Oh, I had my vaccine the other day. Apart from a sore arm, I was fine. I'm fine. You know, I had my second dose. No problems whatsoever. And these people do not realise that you don't just have a vaccine and just die you don't just take a medication and then die and if you don't just die immediately you're absolutely fine they can't, they can't understand that and again of course they can't understand because they haven't been told that because then a lot of people would not get it but if all of a sudden in the next year in the next six months year two years however long there is just a mass wave of deaths 
I mean, what? first of all, they're going to blame it on a new variant, aren't they? They're just going to say, oh, there's a new variant now, the, the Joris variant, and it's ripping its way through the people and it's uh, it can duck around vaccines. And they sowed those seeds months ago. Months ago, there was a... I think it was it was either the Sun or the Daily Mail or both actually that put up a big old poster showing all the different variants that found so far and it specifically had they're all color coded you know this is the orange one this is the green virus you know for to help you just uh, differentiate between them but it said under every variant every every variant's name um, may essentially duck around the vaccine antibodies might not work against this one vaccine might not be effective against this so they're already priming it in your head to say look we yeah we'll catch the indian variant but if something more lethal pops up and all these people die from quote unquote coronavirus but it won't be they've already said oh well it's, it's a strain that's popped up that's got around the vaccine and we can fix it all you've got to do is have another vaccine you know, have another one. It's just waves upon waves upon waves of booster shots and implantables and, and God knows what else they have to, to give you because obviously they're, now they're working on, um, I think we said the last episode we did, they're working on vaccines now that you can take in pill form, but they're also making vaccines that can spread like viruses and that was something I said in the last episode. They're creating, they now have the technology to make vaccines that cr- that will spread like a virus. So if this happens, they're going, look, we've tried the vaccine update, but none of you are taking it. So now we are going to release a vaccine virus and it will spread everywhere. And uh, I mean, Bill Gates has been doing a lot of research. If you look into this, Bill Gates has been doing a lot of research on mosquitoes and he's also made some GMO mosquitoes. And the idea is this is they're doing it in certain parts of America. Yeah, I see this. Yeah, they've GM mosquitoes. So when they procreate, instead of obviously making the female mosquito pregnant, it makes the female mosquito infertile. And it will essentially kill out large waves of mosquitoes. So you have just got flying sterilisation units, you know, flying natural biological syringes that just go house to house. You don't even see them. You know, how many times have you had a a mosquito bite and you've never seen the culprit? You just start itching. You're like, oh, I've I've been got. Imagine they had them and they had vaccines in them. Imagine if if, uh, (laughs) Boris... Imagine if Gates said, people are not getting the vaccine, so what we're going to do, we are going to create mosquitoes that carry the uh, the mRNA in them, or they have a gene that they can basically implant it into you. You get bitten by a mosquito, and then, bosh, you, you're vaccinated. You know, helpful mosquitoes. And it sounds ludicrous. It sounds mad. It sounds, you know, uh, evil scientist, you know, levels of, of just insane. But these people are objectively of sane and with how we've taken to things this year and how so many people have uh, are against the anti-vaxxer if they did this and they said oh well if you've already had your vaccine these mosquitoes will just leave you alone they won't seek you out because they know you've already had it hey, if they bite you you won't know they've bitten you because they you know they're not they're not interested in you you kind of got a what do they call it it's like you've been injected with deet or whatever it is you know you just you won't you won't they won't come after you they'll come after the unvaccinated but it did again. It did strike me as as interesting that the 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 U.S. government, as I said, has a a history, a large history, and that's just the the that's just literally the U.S. government. Sorry, and that's just what we know about of intentionally injecting, infecting its own people. 
with all these different biological agents purely to see what it does, purely for biological research. I think Fauci was finally called out by, I think it was Ron Paul, politician Ron Paul, I believe it was, but if I'm mistaken on that, um, I'll correct myself next time. But I'm fairly sure it was Ron Paul um, queried Anthony Fauci in in Congress uh, earlier, about this week or last week, um, and said that the coronavirus that was in the lab in Wuhan that America was funding was what they call gain of function. Gain of function is you literally take a virus and you make it far more infectious, far more deadly. And there is no benefit to gain of function. There is no reason gain of function should survive, should be around. Why would you take anything? Why would you take, say, for example, a cancer and make a cancer that affects children or make it far more virulent? Why would you take a meningitis or an influenza that turns the kill rate from 2% or 1% to 15%? Why would you do that? What possible benefit is that to anyone? You can't use it as a biological weapon during war because, A, biological weapons are illegal, obviously against the Geneva Convention. But also at the same time, you can't control that. If you drop a, a, a biological agent, a, a, you know, a chimeric influenza on, um, on a, an army or a, on a troop, you're not going to be able to stop that from spreading to neighbouring towns, all these other things, without some kind of quarantine, without some kind of barricade. It's impossible. So gain-of-function research just doesn't exist. Uh, And Ron Paul grilled the absolute pieces out of Anthony Fauci. And it was so funny because he said, oh, we we have not funded, you know, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And he's like, well, you have funded it. You funded it through all of these different mechanisms. Sure, you haven't made an a uh, an abstract payment from the US government or the CDC to the Wuhan Viral Institute, but you have funneled money through all these little side projects, all these different organisations and corporations that has then taken US money straight to these guys that have allowed them to carry on this gain-of-function research. And then from that, look where we are now. You know, you keep saying it's natural, it's from bats, and, uh, and maybe it's leaked, but... um. You know, there you go. I think there was, even in the early days, uh, there were two Chinese uh, scientists that were caught in the US, caught in the US, and they had containers full of virals, uh, vials, sorry, of what turned out to be SARS-CoV-2. And that was either going to be one of two things, and I'm still not sure how I feel about this, because this is either going to be the story that they want to sell you, as we mentioned earlier, the conspiracy they let you in on, oh, the Chinese sneaked over to America to take out the American people with this secret virus. But it, it accidentally, it slipped out of their lab as well and they got their own people, you know, that kind of story. Or it was genuine. And you had people that were carrying cases of live viruses coming all the way from China. And again, of course, they, they didn't just get, you know, didn't just book a flight on Ryanair and pop over um, with all this, this live viral matter funded by the US from this gain of research to, to allow it to spread in the US, which sounds something very similar to the biological weapon testing that I mentioned earlier from all the different uh, US. If the US has in, it intentionally infected itself with this virus, we'd never know. And again, it's, it's one of those cases, whether, you, whether you're hearing this, whether you believe that the virus is real, uh, and it's a genuine thing, but it's being overblown, or you believe that it's not real at all. 
uh, and that all of this is effectively lesser magic. You know, them telling you constantly over and over and over again, this exists, this exists, this is deadly, this is killing everyone. I mean, that would that would really speak more to the reason of why we are seeing 20% less deaths than we have in the last five years. Because if there's a real, as we mentioned earlier, if there's a real virus, where is it? Where are the deaths? Where are people dying? It's not. But there you go. Um, if the black mould in India right now is from American or Western involvement, there's precedent there at the very least. And... Um, Something to keep an eye on. Um, here's another one. No 33 in this one, but it's still uh, it's a bit of a premonition. Um, I mean, what did we say in, in the very early days when the contact tracing app came around and they snuck the, when you did your iOS, what was it, 14 maybe update on iPhone, they snuck all the framework for the contact tracing in iOS 14. And obviously, anyone who knows an iPhone knows if you don't update your iPhone, you lose a lot of the core functionality of the iPhone. You know, you can't really access a lot of your backups. You can't access a lot of the, the information that you use, cloud-based services. Some stuff will obviously start to play up because they roll all of the bug fixes and the patches and the stuff inside along the actual COVID framework. And uh, obviously on Android, they did one step less than that. They didn't even do an over-the-air or OTA, yeah, OTA update, as they call it. They literally, you just went into the Google settings on your phone, and there it was. Coronavirus exposure notice. Switched on for many people. It wasn't said about in an update. It, you didn't have agreed to it. It just turned up on your phone, hidden away in the Google settings. That is something that people very rarely go on. And uh, we said back in the day, do you, can you not see where this can go? Can you not see the what this could mean for us? And everyone said, oh, no, don't be stupid because you can switch it off and you can turn, uh, you choose whether it, it happens or not. And again, the, the guys, come, when Google got caught doing this, they came out and said, look, it's just the framework, it's the skeleton. And unless you install the NHS contact tracing app, it functionally means nothing. It can't track you. It can't do anything like that. It's it's redundant. It's just there. It's a core functionality if you want to do it. But we're not, nor would we do any kind of tracking or, or, or any, anything like that. Anything you don't know about, privacy is our main concern with this. And it has to be. We have to be transparent with this. We have to be clear and concise. And we're not going to do anything naughty in the background. Um, this has been all over the place this week and with great cause actually uh, this from Sky News millions of Brits have been unknowing and again millions of Brits unknowingly tracked by their phones after Covid jabs to see if their behaviour changed um, privacy campaign group Big Brother Watch branded the use of mobile phone figures by scientists performing a secret study for the government a chilling use of personal data so there you go. You, you know, you went and had your jab. And um, I mean, I, I don't know because obviously I haven't had the jab and never will have the jab despite being invited twice this week via text message to, to the great opportunity to go and take my jab. Um, I did text back a rather uh, lurid <laughs> response to that. Um, but once you've, I mean, maybe you all know, Chris, once you've had your jab, 
did how do they does do you have to upload it on the app does the app know you've had the jab is there something there that you put your vaccine number into or something no i've not known um i'll ask um all I've seen is that people just put them on like a, a little card. Yeah, well, that's that's all I've seen. That's about it. But it makes you wonder. Um, millions of Brits unknowingly trapped by their phones after COVID jabs to check if their behaviour changed. Well, what do you mean after the COVID jabs? You know, because as you said, on the contact tracing app, you don't tick a little box that says, "Bing, I've had my my uh, gene therapy. I'm all I'm all shut up." And then after that point, they're tracking you after you've marked you had the vaccine to see if you immediately go around your friends and have a cuddle. They're not doing that and there isn't that capacity. How do they know when you've had the jab and when you haven't? Because you can't put that down on the app. As far as we know, anyway, we'll, uh, again, we'll correct ourselves next week if we find out that you do somehow mark that you've had your vaccines on the app. But I haven't heard that from anyone. Again, as far as I'm aware... They give you the little card, 10-year vaccine date, and I've had a couple of friends and family that have had this done, and they give you the little card that says, this is the batch you had, this is Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson & Johnson, here's the batch number, here's the date, Um, is this your first or second vaccine? If it's the first, they give you the follow-up appointment on the card, and if it's the second one, you just mark both appointments. Um, You take your first card to your second appointment, and they stamp it as done. But none of those people have... I mean, many of the people I know that have had both vaccines... Don't use the contact tracing app. They're not that that, that 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 level of worried. So it makes you question how these, how the government is now tracking people who have had their vaccines. I think it's more likely they're just tracking people. Maybe listening to conversations. You know the usual stuff. <laughs> the usual stuff. It's funny, isn't it? But um, yeah, we 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 called it. We called it. We said. As as and again, there's, there's no boast because a lot of people said, you know, are you mad? You're, you're using an app that will tell the government where you've been, and I couldn't understand it because, say, you're at work and you come into contact with people on a daily basis, and again, a lot of entry level workers will come in contact. You know, the, the people who least need time off work and least afford time off work are the people that come into more contact than anyone else. You know. Retail staff, shop workers, but even down to the NHS, nurses, doctors, things like that, they come into more contact with people than the, you know, the guy who works in the office in London or doesn't work in the office, you know, working from home, doing all his stuff over Zoom call. Um, yeah, those are the guys that are constantly coming into to, to contact with other people. And if you came into contact with someone that had marked themselves as positive, it doesn't matter when... It obviously sent you alerts saying someone you've recently come into contact with has marked themselves positive and now you could be positive. So it's time to self-isolate now for first it was 14 days and I think 10 days. And then it also obviously as soon as you marked yourself as yet yeah, I've come into contact, it also told your family, oh, you have come into contact with someone that's come into contact with someone that's uh, po- tested positive. And then anyone your family had come into contact to come to, you know. Uh, it keeps going on and on and on. So as I say, after that, you have come into contact with someone who's come into contact, who came into someone with someone who came into contact with someone who came yep. into contact. Who went into Asda, who touched a Mars bar <laughs> or someone that picked up a melon that also had, because the, the cantaloupes, obviously, and the melons can prove positive for coronavirus. So it's only fair. I think it's a, what's it? It's a, it's a yogurt, apple juice, can of Coke. 
yeah. a papaya. Listen, it, by all means, it makes sense. It makes absolute sense to do this. It really does. I'm waiting for the. I'm waiting for the. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, it, it it couldn't. It couldn't. It never occurred to these people. Hey. If you use this app that you don't have to use, that is not voluntary, that you get nothing from this app, and all of a sudden you get one of these alerts, your government is telling you, you need to now stay home for 14 days. So you either need to tell your employer, oh, sorry, my app is flagged and I've got to stay home for 14 days. What's your employer going to say? He's not going to say, oh, do you know what? Well, we're going to pay you for two weeks when you're not at work. You know, waitress or barman or... Nurses are a bit more lucky. I know that for a fact, is it? Because most of them get some a bit of lenience because of the work they do. But you know, guy who stacks the shelves in Asda or Sainsbury's or Tesco, are we going to give you two weeks of paid leave? Because obviously, the, the friends are going to text him. Oh, you know what happened? You, you you're not coming to work. Oh yeah, I tested positive. Oh no, so you're going to get sick pay? No, they're going to pay me full pay for two weeks. You know, just for 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 the testing positive. You'd have these people running out and licking other people just to get a positive test, you know, standing at traffic lights just to get that red light on. Of course, they're going to say, right, here's your options. You either go on sick for two weeks and we'll pay you the, you know, SSP at £90 a week. Um, or you can use your holiday, you know, your four weeks of holiday you get a year. We're going to use 50% of that for you to sit at home and do absolutely nothing. And I, I could not understand why these people voluntarily used it. It's nonsense, isn't it? And that's uh, that's obviously equating if the people that actually come through are genuine. If all of the, the the positive cases, you know, you've come into contact with a positive case, are actually positive cases, or they're literally just, you know, ra- if if they introduce random flags into the software, where it would tell people at certain intervals, oh, you've come into contact with someone, how would you really know? I mean, for all intents and purposes, the app was useless. If you, if you look on the App Store, you look on the Play Store and you read some of the reviews, as soon as you close the app, it tends to stop tracking. Or if you turn, obviously, your Bluetooth off, you stop tracking. They actually told my partner, they told her as a nurse to not use the app, to keep her phone in her locker and not use the app because it would flag up so much. With her being in hospital around a lot of COVID patients, she would be flagged constantly. And then it would obviously flag all her friends and family and things like that. So, but then what, I mean, what sense does that make? So you're a nurse who's coming into contact with, you know, potentially hundreds of people that have coronavirus. And and our district, our, our county in England was at one point, one of the very worst places in all of Europe. It was in the top five places in all of Europe for coronavirus cases. And our county was actually named as one of the reasons on government documentation for moving to tier four or tier three or four back in the day. So it wasn't as though we were, it was a, a, a small threat, if you believe the narrative. It was actually quite a large concern. Um, but they said, yeah, don't don't use the app, don't turn it off because we don't really want you going off. Even if you're carrying it outside of the hospital and you're spreading it to your friends and family, we don't really want you using the app and we don't want it flagging up for them. So it's, it's, a, it's a pointless app. It's a redundant gesture. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a virtual safety blanket that makes you feel a little bit better about yourself, but really does functionally nothing. And again, that's so many of the reviews will report to that. It's worth when when they 
it was a time when it was first come out, you know, that you went on the, I've got an Android phone, so you'd go on the Play Store, the Google Play Store, and there it was pushed in your face, you know, I'll download this now, you know, an ad, as soon as you open the Play Store before you get to anything else. Um, and from that ad, I thought, I'm going to go on and read some of the reviews on there, and it just, review after review after review of people saying it doesn't work, as soon as you close your phone, it stops tracking, you know, I turned my phone on and it hadn't tracked for days, but I've had my Bluetooth on the whole time. You know, the, the way this amp is meant to work, it, it didn't track for the days I didn't open the app for. It's, um, I mean, it's junk, but obviously we know now that the whole point of the app was never to be a functional contact tracing app. It was to be the immunity passport. And um, that's obviously where it was. But there you go. Don't, don't, um, don't use this stuff. Don't use this junk because you do nothing for you doing it. You do nothing for you at all. All you do is limit your potential earnings for, for no reason. And and again, the government can afford to lose £600, £700, £800 out of their paycheck. You can't afford to lose that. You know, most no people can, especially now more than ever, when a lot of people have eaten into their savings for furlough and things like that, you can't afford that, so don't do it to yourself. Um, good catch to Georgia. So Nathan's partner managed to catch this one. She's uh, one of our little reporters on the ground, part of our, our, little, our little freedom cell we've got going. And we encourage everyone to kind of make them. It's like get your friends together, get people who share the same interests you and bring them together and, and share this stuff because it, it casts a much wider net that allows you to catch stuff you wouldn't find. Uh, postmenopausal women report periods coming back after having the COVID vaccine. This is from the Telegraph. Researchers are investigating whether disruption to the menstrual cycle is caused by jabs after hundreds of women describe the symptoms. Isn't that weird? You know, you've, you're you're past that 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 age in your life. You're you know you're no longer menstruating, and you have the jab in your sixties, and all of a sudden your period starts again. What a weird strange turn of it and of course they'll spin that as a positive won't they let's not be funny they're gonna go girls you're worried about your fertility you know you're you, you, you're not married you're, you're 35 years old you know that clock never stops ticking well don't worry about that because you can have a even if you do stop you know that ovulation stops we can uh we can give you the covid jab and it'll just start all over again but this is isn't this so much what i mean in a the very early episodes and very, the very early days of coronavirus, people like Mike Eden of uh, former Pfizer were coming out and saying, there is evidence that this coronavirus affects fertility. It affects you on that level. And of course, all the media came out and said, this is absolute nonsense. It cannot affect fertility. It cannot affect anything like that. It doesn't do that. It doesn't have that effect. It is literally a piece of messenger rna that's injected into your cells and it tells your cells to create a covid spike protein that's all it does you know it's like cracking open a fortune cookie and it's just got a little strip of paper saying sars-cov-2 in there there's nothing it can do apart from what it's designed to do you know it, it won't have any you'll have a sore arm and maybe you'll have a bit of a headache but that's because effectively but they even dismissed that they said oh it's probably not from the the, the actual the jab you having it because it's not a live it's not a live virus so when you feel really under the weather when you've been injected it's not because you've then got coronavirus because it's not live virus like all the other virus like all the other vaccines we've used since uh well the last century 
you can't do that. So you'll feel under the weather because of blah, blah, blah. It's an immune response. I have never, ever heard of an immune response that restarts your menstrual cycle in your... Can you imagine these, you know, 60s, 70s, 80-year-old women just suddenly having the vaccine and then having a period again for the first time in 30 years? Mad. Absolutely and, mad. Yeah, it is, Madness. isn't it? It's alien. And again... The reason the researchers are looking into it is because they do not understand the mechanism by that, how that is happening, why that is happening. There isn't a reason that should happen. And so many people said in the beginning, don't take this, this can affect your fertility, this could sterilise women. And we've gone over that, you know, the, the, lip, the lipid nanoparticle that the tiny little mRNA, the messenger RNA is wrapped in. Me and Chris went over in, in early episodes that they use that same nanoparticle in animals to sterilise them permanently. They inject animals with minute particles of the same nanoparticle, the same protein that the mRNA has been injected in you to make sure it gets to where it needs to go. They use it to sterilise dogs and cats and other animals. And everyone said... I mean, Pfizer themselves said, Moderna themselves said, Johnson & Johnson said... AstraZeneca said the effects on fertility at the moment are unknown. One could argue that the effects of everything are unknown. When you've got a vaccine that doesn't finish long-term trials or 2023, you don't really know a lot of what's going to happen about any of it. You know, you just theorise. But the media jumped on, no, they're not saying, no, that doesn't mean that they don't know there's nothing wrong with fertility or this kind of stuff. You know, the fact-checkers jump through again. Old Snopes. Oh, it does. It really does grind you down. And, and it's key to note, again, seventy about 75%, two-thirds, of all the negative side effects from the COVID vaccines are happening to women. So, and I, I for one, call me cynical, call me a crazy conspiracy theorist, but I don't feel that's accidental. It seems almost like they're... I mean, if you know anything about Freemasonry, if you know anything about the elite that are chasing us, the, the Freemasonry is an all-male fraternity. There's no females allowed. None, none, none whatsoever. And obviously, you know how they are. If you look at, the, uh, if you look at for example, like uh, no females and, and, and no blacks, no coloured, no nothing, but it seems to be but white, pure individuals as they see themselves. Perhaps the, the, the Aryan race as they see themselves. But you've got groups like the Black Boulet coming out where homosexuality is a key component of how they exist and the kind of ritualization of those organizations. So, of course, they're not going to want to damage the um, the drive and the sexuality of males. They're not going to want to damage males. They just want to switch the females off. They want the women to stop producing because, obviously, let's not deny the men any pleasure, but let's stop women having children. Let's effectively destroy the race. Um, and then, you know, maybe maybe when men suddenly realise that procreation isn't the thing anymore, we're going to see a lot of, you know, media reports saying, oh, well, now you can't have children anyway. Why don't you consider, um, what was it? It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a gay thing, it's a straight thing. What is it? So many episodes ago. It's not a gay thing, it's a guy thing, that was it. Yeah. If, a, if a straight man sleeps with another straight man, it's not a gay thing, it's a guy thing, because male sexuality cannot be, cannot be contained to just females, you know, as, as, as God intended it. It can be shared everywhere, and it's a gift. Um, you know, there's no, 
There's no orifice designed for it, but it's a gift. <laughs> uh, Santa can keep that present. I'm going to say that one. But yeah, again, you know, if you've got, um, if your partner, if your if your wife, if your mum, if your sister is thinking of getting this, let them know again that it's 75% of these side effects are happening to women. And it makes me laugh. One of our close uh, friends, one of my partner's close friends, all she wants is kids. She's crazy about kids. You know, she's always talking to my partner. She's only, t- she's only 21, but she's like, I have to be married by the time I'm 25. I have to be in a, a meaningful relationship by the time I'm 25 so I can have kids. And you think, oh, that's quite nice. I admire the people that have that kind of drive, that want those families and want children and want to to start that 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 journey. Um, and But she went and had the COVID vaccine, had the first one, and then literally she was the same person who blew up and her neck blew up and her lips turned blue and her hands literally turned into sausages overnight. She lost all the feeling in her fingers and toes. And after that, for about three days, it finally started easing off. Thank God it did. Um, but for many, it doesn't. Um, and again, if I can't understand, you want these so much, you want these kids more than anything. You know, you, you, you maybe you've already got a child, but you want more. You want brothers and sisters for it. And you're going to inject something that is going to save you from something that's not even a risk for you. The, the chance of you catching it and dying from it are the same as you winning the lottery or being hit by lightning or less. But you have a very real potential of destroying your fertility and destroying any dreams you had of a family, even, you know, moving forwards. And it's just not worth that. It's really not worth that. But there you go. Um you can check out that again in the Telegraph. I'll just read the postmenopausal women report periods coming back after having COVID vaccine. If you want to read more about that, definitely have a check through because um, it details what they think is causing it, what could be causing it. It's, it's again another stab in the dark where they reckon it could be this or it could be this or it could be this, but they don't know. And that's why we go through long term trials with drug treatments because we need to know before you take them. And remember, you can't take the vaccine back out. It's not like they're going to put you on some tablets and you try these tablets and they give you a funny turn and you go to your doctor and you go, oh, doctor, these tablets are not working for me. They're not They're, they're not agreeing with me. I'm, and the doctor goes, all right, we'll stop taking those tablets. We'll try on these other ones instead. And you try them and they're absolutely fine. You take the vaccine, you live with whatever that does to you forever. There's no taking it out. Interesting. There's a Nobel laureate uh, a, um, I need to find him. I'm going to find his name while I'm talking about him. Uh, a very, very famous virologist, uh, and he was actually the gentleman who found and discovered HIV. He has come out with a video and said that the vaccinated uh, have no chance for survival. Um, what does it say? Uh, Luke, I'm going to have a stab at this, Luke Montagnier. Um, not only explains the issues with the vaccine and how the antibodies create the adaptable variants, but also explains that taking a vaccine makes it impossible to survive the wild virus, which is, again, something we went over in previous episodes. We said, and this is why they skipped the animal trials this time, because the last time... They did animal trials, which is a requirement with all drugs. You have to do animal trials first, and then you learn from what happens, and then you go on to human trials when the animal trials first. The last time they used mRNA vaccines and treatments, 
They tested them on 50,000 animals. I want to say there were ferrets, but I'm not 100% sure if I can remember what they were. I think there were ferrets um, because they're quite physiologically close when you're using drugs to humans, similar to rats and mice. Um, they injected them all. They all mostly, apart from a few outliers, did okay with being actually injected with the vaccine. But then they, within about six months, all of them had died. All about 50,000-odd had died from the what they call uh, pathogenic priming um, has another name called ADE um, but it means you effectively the the mRNA vaccines they take what is an adaptive and what is a learning system you know when you get a virus your cells look at it and they can see it and they go right what is this oh we're sick but let's learn how to fight it we're fighting it we're on the we're on the battleground with it we're winning we've won and now we know what this enemy is so when this enemy marches back into our body we know what this is and we'll fight it again and we've got experience of fighting this and instead it you inject yourselves with a a message to your troops that says troops this is what the enemy looks like and anybody else you see they're not an enemy so just let them come straight through you know like the, uh, is it the, the, the giant wooden horse, the Trojan horse? Just let it in the gates. It's fine. It's only this guy you've got to look out for. So you don't get that guy. But when you get a wild variant or you get some kind of change in the virus, it just goes, yeah, just go on through. It doesn't see it as an enemy. And it lets it, the only thing that stops a, a flu killing you is your immune system, is your antibodies from fighting it. But your soldiers think it's part of the group and it goes in and it goes into your village and it kills all the citizens and it burns your town down and you die from it. And nothing stops it because you don't see it as an enemy anymore. It's just another, it's just a friend just walking into your capital city. And um, that's what happened to all the animals. They caught the, they caught the, the wild strain and they all died. And, of course, that should have been a major cause for concern. But the FDA, obviously, and the government said, well, this vaccine's been given emergency powers, so you can skip animal testing this time around. Just go right past it. Go straight on to human trials. And, uh, obviously, human trials don't end until 2023. So if in six months, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90% of the people that take the vaccine die from catching a wild strain... There's nothing. There's, there's nothing you can do. There's zero you can do. You just have to watch the people that got vaccinated around you die and you can't fix it. You can't save it. And again, this is the, the chap that has been giving, he's been given a Nobel Peace Prize for his work in finding and all his research on Abe's. He's been a, he's been a virologist for most of his life. He's very outspoken, very, very, very well respected. Again, a Nobel laureate um, saying that if you get this vaccine, First of all, he's saying the vaccines are contributing towards the variants. The more people are vaccinated, the more variants we're going to make because the vaccine had, the, sorry, the virus, not the vaccine, the more vaccines people are vaccinated, the more virus variants you're going to get because the virus, um, if it's organic, has one plan and that's to spread to you, try and infect you, it will get beaten by your antibodies and it will just buzz around and it will manage to stay in the, in the air for so time. Viruses don't really have a... They don't really have any business in killing you because once they kill you, they've killed the host and they can't exist in you if you're dead. So a virus has to move on to the next living creature and then they survive in living creatures. They're like vampires. You know, they go from person to person. They 
they grow and they reproduce in a living body and then when the antibodies kick them out they get kicked out and then they that's how they carry on leeching from a person while they can and then moving on if they kill everyone there's no one left and the virus dies out and they're not designed that way by uh however you want to you know if you believe in god or evolution there it's just not how viruses work um but by stopping them from doing what they do we are creating variants that are now trying to find ways to continually infect people and to carry on proliferating and doing what they're doing because the vaccines are getting in the way of them going through and doing their job. And again, they've got they've got a 99.994 survival rate. A tiny, tiny percentage of people die. Average age, 82.4 years old, which is a year and four months more than the average age of death in the country. So you actually live longer with coronavirus than you do if you didn't have coronavirus. You're more likely to die without it than you are with it. Um, and average comorbidities are 2.6 per person who died. So, again, with, with, with that kind of thing in mind, it's... Oh, it's just, uh, just, I just fall into a big pile. And just think, you know, why Why would you do it? Why would you do it, guys? Why would you do that to yourself? How big is the pile? I mean, I've fallen into the pile several times to, to bring myself back okay, out. So okay. it's, it's, a, it's a big pile by now. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely. But we'll... I mean, I could talk to the ends of the earth about these vaccines, but it's it's one of those things where you bang your head against the wall because people, they cannot fathom... The solution. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they cannot fathom that... Um, this could happen. They cannot fathom that that these agencies are allowed to be negligent, even though they've been granted the, uh, you know, carte blanche to negligence. Be as negligent as you want. Do what you want. You know, it doesn't matter. Skip the trials. If they don't work, it doesn't matter. If they kill people, it doesn't matter. You're fine. And we'll pay you for it as well. We'll pay you to be negligent. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the guy who, you know, <laughs> comes into work and he doesn't do any work and he just messes everything up and, you know, steals money and does all that? And you're like, yeah, yeah, keep. You can't fire him, though. And you can't be angry at him either because he's, you know, he's doing his best. Madness. Ah, oh. oh, bless him. I bet that was Joris. Apparently, he was a right. Um, apparently, he basically failed his way through his whole life, but because of his pedigree, he could not fail. So everything he did was bumbling and stupid. He was always late. He was cast in uh, productions when he was in school and completely bodged them. Everyone who knew him said, this is a guy who is a complete, functionally is a no-hoper. He has no skills. He has no redeeming fit, you know, no redeeming attributes to him. If he was anyone else, he would have flunked out of, he wouldn't have even got into these schools, let alone stayed in them. Um, I think one of Boris's actual teachers come out and said he was the most hopeless student I've ever taught in my life. Like he's beyond reproach. Um, so yeah, maybe he's one of these. Uh... So they basically built the story. They already set the stage already for for your feelings. Yeah. So anyone that knows this information, it's gonna be like, oh. Like, like you keep yeah, saying everywhere. Yeah. Oh, Joris again, Joris, Joris. <laughs> oh, not again, Joris. Oh, he's done. He, why he, he can't get anything right, Joris? Oh, his whole life was like this, and now he's involved in mine. Exactly. <laughs> How does a man like that become prime minister, though? How can you fail your way to the to leading a country? 
it makes you it makes you realize that politics is an illusion because obviously things like that should it shouldn't happen it shouldn't exist never elected always selected yeah nailed it um this one is i, I i'm gonna admit i'm not the most wise individual on this um but nathan mentioned earlier um has anyone noticed that inflation is just going up going up going up um and there's a, a youtuber called really graceful um i presume her name is grace and that's the pun uh but she did a video on how the price of lumber is just skyrocketing and it's really, really worth a watch. And so is the rest of the stuff because she has fantastic content. But what it talks about is how either by design or simply just circumstantial, companies for basic commodities are putting their prices right, right up and they're pricing many people out of the market. So things, you know, construction materials that used to cost not a lot are now costing drastic amounts. But when she's specifically talking about lumber, she shows you how... Uh, the individual, um, what would you call them? The companies that that get it, manufacture it, stock it, are creating artificial shortages of it. Um, and we also discussed when we were talking about Nathan earlier. He was saying that the price of lots of fruits is going up, lots of food is going up, and it's sneaking up, and you don't see it sneaking up, sneaking up. And of course, the inflation, theoretically, with how things are in the economy right now, could not stop. It could get bad. Uh, it could get to the point where, you know, you could effectively pay five or ten pounds for a tin of beans, and there could be a food shortage because of that. And the World Economic Forum has said there's going to be a food shortage. Obviously, Bill Gates is now one of the largest private landowners just this year. Gil Bates. Gil Bates is buying all the farmland up, and no one knows why. I saw a side profile picture of him the other day. If he's buying it for food. He needs to ease off. Um, but Gil is literally buying up all the farmland and, and no one can know why he's buying up all this farmland. There's no reason for it. Other than, again, they know that uh, there is a food shortage that is coming. They know that's happening. And um, with all that in mind, when I came across this article just the other day, it just kind of clicked. So this is from the Financial Times. English farmers to be paid up to £100,000 each to retire which is just, you know, as is the case with the Financial Times, you have to pay to read any of the content. So you get the headline and they get you in, but you have to pay to unlock it. So I didn't pay because I'm not funneling my money to these media terrorists. But, I mean, doesn't it say English farmers would be paid £100,000 to retire? Why? Why at a time when food scarcity is a very real potential a very real threat on the horizon are we paying our farmers to retire either we're paying them so we can take the land over but again what we have to look at and we mocked about this so many episodes ago was um insect consumption being the new trend going forwards and uh gil bates talking about maggot and insect burgers for third world countries to be a reliable accessible source of protein obviously the world economic forum in their notorious advert which included you'll own nothing and be happy everything you want you'll rent also said that meat consumption was going to be a monthly treat for most people and obviously they're talking about kfc we've said before kfc has gone into development of a russian team to make lab created chicken from the cells of other chickens 
and they say the taste is indistinguishable. They're 3D printing food. And it's all telling you that something is coming and these guys know something is coming down the pipeline that's quite scary. And when they're paying the farmers to, to stop, when they're paying the farmers to stop manufacturing food, you know something's coming. And I would, I mean, I myself, I, I started stocking food during the first lockdown. Um, things that were obviously non-perishables, cans, bags of rice, pasta, lentils, things like that. And we've still got here, you know, 20 kilograms of beans. We've got, you know, 20 kilograms of rice. We've got a lot of, you know, if, if stuff got bad all of a sudden, we would be okay rationing for six to 12 months. But that's still not a situation I'm happy with. And uh, you know what? I love my wife saying it the other day. She was like, we need to go out and, and restock all of our stuff. And I was like, yes, we do. Need to get some bare essentials back in. But now is the time... If food prices keep creeping up, now is the time, because at the, at the very, very, very worst, at the very worst, this is all hyperbolic, you'll save yourself money. So if stuff stuff is creeping up, we know that much. We don't know where it's going to end. But say everything doubles or triples in price and that's where it finally levels out, you've got stuff at the right price and you haven't paid double or triple what you're paying right now. And that's the very best case. And you've got that stuff there. You don't have to go through the scrambles of people go, you know, like it was last time, rushing to the supermarket for toilet roll, rushing to get all the bread and the pasta and the rice and all that, all the tinned fruit and the tinned beans and the tinned veg. You don't have to go through that because they're, they're going to start talking on the news about the food scarcity. You don't have to go through that. So do it now and save yourself the effort of all of that. Save yourself the worry um and as much as i hate them amazon is quite good for that kind of thing a lot of the supermarkets will sell these big old 10 15 kilogram bags of rice for 10 15 20 pounds where you i mean i got 10 kilograms of rice on amazon for like four pound the other day so yeah check check that stuff out shop around but do it while you've got the time to do it um i think we're kind of we're, we're almost almost wrapping up and i've picked Typical to me, I've picked a, a, a big subject to kind of wrap up on. Um, should have maybe started with this one. But um, this is from a report that's just come out on the World Economic Forum's website called The Future of Jobs Report 2020. And I just wanted to read you some odds and ends from here. So obviously you guys can, uh, can, can hear this. And when we spoke about the fourth industrial revolution which is if you uh, China has a plan for 2025 called Made in China 2025, and the plan is by 2025, China wants to move from being the world's factory, the world's sweatshop, to a major economic powerhouse. And if you Google Made in China 2025, you go on the Wikipedia page, it says specifically right there, China is hoping to achieve this by 2025 to move in line with the um, the notions by the World Economic Forum and the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And that's China's own stated goal by the CCP. We are preparing for the Fourth Industrial Revolution of 2025. So when this comes out, and again, the, the Industrial Revolution is going to be the automation of jobs, the automation and... Uh, uh, and commodernization of jobs so your job now where you're a waitress again a barman like we mentioned earlier your retail your entry-level job where you put your foot on the ladder and then you grow from there is going to be taken over by ai by software by machines that can do the same job you can and people will settle for it 
But this is by the guys in the know, an actual report they've done. I'm just going to read you quickly some extracts from that. Um, Automation in tandem with COVID-19 recession is creating a double disruption scenario for workers. In addition to the current disruption from the pandemic-induced lockdowns and economic contraction, technological adoption by companies will transform tasks, jobs and skills by 2025. 43% of businesses surveyed indicate that they are already set to reduce their workforce due to technological integration. By 2025, the time spent of current tasks at work by humans and machines will be equal. We're talking three years. They're already saying, and these guys call the shots for everything. And this is where you'll see Prince Charles, you saw Philip, you saw... um, uh, Bill Gates has been there, Trump has been there, Xi Jinping have been there, uh, Matt Hancock is there, Joris is there. They're all there, and they all go there every year, and they talk about what's going to happen. So when these guys are putting the writing on the table, you know it's true. Um, a significant share of companies also expect to make changes to locations, value change, and the size of their workforce due to factors beyond technology in the next five years. Um, and then this was probably one of the scariest ones uh job creation is slowing while job destruction accelerates based on current trends we estimate that by 2025 a minimum of 85 million jobs will be displaced by a shift in the division of labor between humans machines and algorithms so they are literally coming out and saying by and this is this was mentioned in the new normal documentary in the happen network give it a watch it's probably my fifth plug because i love the documentary where they are saying they are preparing the world for a new what they quote useless class so they're saying your job as a truck driver will disappear your job as retail staff will disappear and they will create jobs but those jobs will be for software engineers, for software designers, for uh, an entire skill set that you will not be allowed to to pursue. There will not be the placements for you to pursue. There will basically not be the jobs. And you will have, when these are the only jobs available, you will have hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people, going for a low-level software engineer job that pays 20K a year. And the companies can drive down the wage because the sheer amount of applicants is so, so huge. And it's going to create a useless class. And what happens to that useless class who cannot find work? Well, they've got the universal basic income they're waiting for you. But to get that universal basic income, you have to do, you have to jump through the hoops that the government tells you to jump through. And they're going to say, if you want this basic income, you've got to get the vaccines, you've got to get the boosters, because that's what you want to get paid for being part of a society, then you've got to act like you're part of a society. And uh, again, don't ever think that this was all an accident. This was COVID was just the vehicle to get us where we are. And we're heading there far, far too quickly. 33%. I mean, 100%. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Right. I think we're about wrapped up. Um, as I've said so many times, Stan, it's been an absolute pleasure being able to talk to you and being able to do this and present this to you. It's something that always takes the weight of the week off my shoulders um and really just getting this stuff out is, is is a privilege it's a privilege not many people have the equipment the time the finances um or indeed the talent or implication to do so it's just a wonderful thing to do and we'll make sure that we don't um leave you guys hanging in the future um but that's it i think uh 
Unless you've got anything else you want to add, Chris? No, nah, that's it from me. Um, very interesting. Um, we'll, I will see you next week as well. Um, and uh, just wanted to say, there was a quote that I saw that I would love to share. Um, this one is very, very true. Whenever there's a big story in the media, look for the story they're trying to distract you from. Absolutely. As a good night from Chris, good night from me. Um, as always, respect existence or expect resistance. Take care, guys. <laughs>